Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that may trigger childhood memories of riding your bike to an abandoned farmhouse, going inside, and painting very detailed murals of cats and dogs, living together, making sweet love, and creating a new species of animal together that will someday take over the planet. Or maybe that was just me. When a woman looks back and recalls her childhood days of living in a haunted house, she's shocked to discover just how infested her house was, especially one fateful night in her attic. That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. To call in and share your real ghost story with us 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Maybe you have something that's happened to you on All Hallows' Eve. As this is the episode that airs November the 1st of 2022. Uh, be sure to share those stories with us. And if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. An EPP, if you will. Give yourself a little extra treat. Sign up. Get access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. You get access to our advanced episodes. And uh, you also get the extra episode a week that's exclusively for EPP members with some of our scariest ghost stories ever. Uh, they're almost up to like EPP four. 30-ish, I think, is where we're at. So get access to all that. Ghostpodcast.com or Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Tony and Carol Hughes on today's episode of the show. What's going on? So you mean when this episode airs tomorrow would be like the first day of the holiday season? Uh, well, I think... Basically? It, November 1st is pretty much the first day of the holiday season. So today, as of this airing, would be the first day of the holiday season, isn't it? Oh. I guess so. Like, I mean, that's weird. Yeah. You're high. I would, this is probably where, uh, in most radio markets, the radio, there'll be one radio station that's turned all Christmas, uh, about now. And there you go. <laughs> now I'm going to pay better attention this year. I don't mm -hmm. really pay a lot of attention to radio, to be honest, mm -hmm. but I think that last year, one of them went to all Christmas music, maybe the day after Halloween. Like it was right away. Yeah. It was. Well, there, in, in, in some previous years, they go all Christmas even earlier. There were some years, I think during COVID, there were some years where some stations went all Christmas during COVID. Uh, and I think there was also years prior where, some stations launched it literally like on Labor Day, uh, we at the end of Labor Day weekend. Where it's I just, guess I'm the only one. I want Christmas to really be like a one month thing. Yeah, like I want it to be Thanksgiving. Like have Halloween. You can put the damn decorations out because everybody's got to prepare. Mm -hmm. But have Halloween, mm -hmm. then let's have Thanksgiving, and then let's have Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, you see what I do in in my house. I have all the Halloween stuff out right now, and and it's all very fallish too. 
So it's very Thanksgiving-y. And then all I have to do is take down the satanic stuff uh, right after Halloween. And then there you go. Nice and... Uh, uh, and all you have fluffy. to do, don't forget, take the baby doll head off of the top of the tree. And yeah, I'm not kidding. We do that. It really does have a baby doll head, creepy baby doll head on the top of the tree. You got to take I the in- inverted crosses off the wall and... Um, you know, all those turn them right side up for Jesus. Exactly. We turn them up. We turn them right side up at that time of year. And then, uh, you know, all the, you know, the, the spells and stuff, the circles and the floor with the pentagrams, all that we sweep it up, get the uh, Swiffer out. And, uh, then we're ready for Thanksgiving, a warm, cuddly family. Go to, Thanksgiving. Go to church. Yep. Exactly. Go to church. Yep. Do all that. Have a little cleansing, take a little communion and then. Get that out of your system. Yep. And then get go ready. To, then get ready to go do it all over again as the the years turn around again. And right back, bring right. out all the uh, yeah. Next year we're planning on getting some uh, goat heads, uh, goat skulls actually uh, that have been used in a uh, satanic sacrifice uh, in uh, the uh, Indonesian mountains, and we're going to put that on the uh, on the centerpiece of the coffee table, and it's it's known for anyone that touches it. Uh, usually something tragic happens uh, within their family uh, within the next 48 hours. So what a surprise that's going to be to all my friends when they're there. And, and they're like, oh, what is this? And then I'm like, I tell you what, I will tell you in 48 hours. And then they call me like, oh, my God, my grandma was just run over by a, a sweet a street sweeper. And it's everywhere. There's head over there. Like, oh my god, that's horrible. You know that head you touched on my my coffee table? That's what did it. <laughs> happy Happy Halloween. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. Got to be cautious. <laughs> and then <sighs> they'll make a movie out of your life. Yeah. So just you know, there's some plus side to it all. There you go. Uh, eight five five. Can you imagine getting run over by a street sweeper? That probably really would. You'd be everywhere. There's there's not a lot of that. That, that thing will sweep everywhere. <laughs> it would, yeah, it would be kind of. It would. You'd be, be really good. stuck in the brushes too. It'd be probably kind of gooey, and oh, that would take a lot of cleaning. It reminds me of that Austin Powers movie where he's like driving some kind of big piece of equipment. That's not a street sweeper, but it flattens things like maybe a road or something. I uh-huh. don't know. But it's like slow motion and he's going really slow. And the guy's like a long ways away going, no, no, no. And it takes forever for him to get up to him because the guy doesn't think to turn around and run away. Have you ever seen that? I have not. It's I... a very funny scene. It's a very funny scene. I am trying to find the um, uh, the the stats on how many people I run over by street sweepers each year. And? <laughs> I'm not finding a whole lot. Oh, OSHA. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. When killed by... It's not, I'm not saying street sweepers specifically. Uh, probably not many, but I would imagine, I mean, especially today, with the amount of homeless that we see out there, those street sweepers... They're just kind of moving down the road. And I guess if you're, I mean, you really got to be paying attention if you're the street sweeper operator. Because if somebody's laying down and they're kind of blending in with the sidewalk and the curb there, shit. How many people are eaten up by street sweepers that we don't even know about? I guess it's the bigger question. 
don't know. It could be an epidemic. Oh my God. I think we just uncovered one of the biggest answers to people who have gone missing in the last 50 years. Probably right. Street sweepers. Shit. Wow. Amazing things that we discover on this show. And it wouldn't be possible without viewers like you. Uh, let's go to our first uh, letter. It says most people would hate the idea of growing up in a haunted house, but not me. I found the paranormal activity exciting, scary, and mind-blowing all at once. The entities, a woman, a man, and a little boy around 10 and a cat resided in my home with my family and I for over 15 years. The entities were a friendly group and very active as well. They were a typical group of poltergeists moving objects around the house, playing with toys that didn't have batteries, whispers, and sounds at night. There was, however, one entity who lived there as well, except this entity wasn't like the others. This entity was sinister and dark and full of hate. No one ever saw it, but whenever you it was close, you'd feel, you'd feel it. A suffocating tightness in your chest evil, wicked thoughts, a feeling of overwhelming sadness and loneliness, numbness spreading through your entire body. It was one of those feelings most people have never and should never feel in a lifetime. Thankfully, it rarely left the attic. Occasionally, though, it would roam the house at night, growling menacingly, hiding somewhere in the darkness, waiting for a chance to scratch or push you. Never seen, not even out of the corner of your eye, but still demanding not to be ignored either. Out of all the countless experiences I had while living there, one encounter stuck with me, still fresh in my mind like it happened yesterday. As hard as I try, the memory of that day will haunt me forever. This is my story of the thing living in my attic. When I was around 12, I was finally old enough to prove to my dad that I was responsible enough to start babysitting. My job was a simple one. Sit at home, watch my baby cousin for a few hours. Easy enough. What could possibly go wrong, I said to myself. If only I knew how wrong I actually was. My cousin was one of those easy babies to care for. She almost never cried and was an all-around giggly, carefree baby. She just started crawling only days before, and although she was Learning surprisingly quickly, she still had quite a way to go before she was able to roam free. I was sitting in the living room and my cousin was on the floor, trying and failing to crawl. Never getting discouraged, though, she just giggled at herself and kept trying. This kept up for a while when I suddenly heard a thud from somewhere in the kitchen. It was loud enough that I turned around to find the source of the sound. Somehow, though, in a half of a second, my cousin was gone, and all I could hear were her blood-curdling screams coming from the attic. Even to this day, I can hear those screams. It was a sound most people never hear in their lifetime. A sound of pure, 100% terror. A sound a human only makes when they know their life is in danger. I sprinted up the stairs and saw my cousin in the far right corner of the attic, pointing at something, screaming in absolute horror. I didn't want to or need to look at what she saw. I could feel its cold, malicious presence right behind me and knew we had to get out of there. Every single thing inside of me knew we were in serious danger, and if we didn't get out of there immediately, our lives would certainly have been in danger. 
I grabbed her as quickly as possible just as an icy chill began spreading throughout my entire body. I ran down the stairs, flung the front door open, and ran as fast as I could, clutching my cousin tightly, who was inconsolable at this point. After calling my dad, he returned home and checked the entire house. Nothing, of course. Eventually, my cousin was picked up and was on her way home, finally safe from this nightmare. My dad and I never spoke again about what occurred that night. All he said was, I'm so sorry this happened. I still can't figure out how a baby can who can barely crawl, unlock my attic door, which locks at the top, climb the stairs and across the attic to the furthest point from the door. The only explanation I have is that whatever was living in my attic was alarmingly powerful and in fact did mean my family and I harm. There was no way this thing was ever human. I tried countless times to find the history of my old house, hoping for some kind of answers as to what happened there that caused this demonic entity to attach itself to the property. I'm not sure what exactly I expected to find, which of course was nothing. To this day, I continue researching the property in hopes a new clue I missed or overlooked would surface, but unfortunately, the mystery of that place and what I imagined were some horrific events that occurred there still remain unsolved. Sounds like a lovely place to grow up in. I know, just charming. The atmosphere is great. I was actually kind of um, picturing like the Chevy Chase Christmas vacation house in the attic. <laughs> That's what's going through my mind. Well, it reminded me of that because my friend told me a story about her house and how the um, her son, who was in a crib, um, she heard, she woke up and heard the baby crying and jumped up, you know, how you do when you're half asleep because mm -hmm. your baby's crying to realize that he was the crime wasn't coming from his room and he was come and it was he was downstairs on the table the kitchen table mm -hmm. and the kid couldn't even walk yet so it's <sighs> like how does that happen yeah somehow your kid ended up you know upstairs in the attic like how does that happen that's yeah I, yeah that's some creepy shit and on top of that, so to me, I think you're better off just getting the hell out of that house and not doing the research. Do you really want to know? And if you were to find out, does that help you in any way? Or does that open up like another kind of way for them to get to you? I don't know. But I know when I was a kid, like, I kind of wanted to know what was going on in the house. And then once we left, I'm like, I have no desire to research that house. How it just, bizarre. what, in, in, the information I get, is it going to answer questions? <laughs> or well, is there yeah. just more? Yeah. Like, can you ever really get the answers? Or like, there was a story that I think it was last week or the week before you and I were talking about. And, and she knew the story. And the guy next door had died of a drug overdose. And, mm -hmm. and he's the one haunting you. Like, I don't want to, I don't know that I want to know. Yeah. I just, ugh. you just kind of like, just get away from it and try to move on. That's all I could do. And just be happy with what you know and just leave it at that and not need to, to dig deeper. 
Because I just don't think it gets you anywhere. I think I'd want to know, but I know I know it doesn't get me anywhere, but I think I'd still want to know. I think Espe- that especially if I'm most, out of it. I think anyway, in most cases, once you get some answers, there's always going to be more questions. Sure. You know, so I don't know. I just don't know. But I could see, I could see how somebody would want to know. I just don't think it would help me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number, but Real Ghost Stories Online. You can write in your ghost story at realghoststoriesonline.com. I got a letter here. It says it's not very often that you hear a ghost story involving a pet, but I've got one that happened to me about four years ago. It's not spooky per se, but certainly unusual. Back in 06, we adopted a lab pit mix from the local animal shelter He was the quiet dog sitting in the back of the cage, and I was instantly drawn to him. We adopted him that same day. His name was Roscoe, and he was about a year old. He was honestly the best dog I've had. Very sweet, very smart, and he was just my baby boy. He'd sleep on the bed with me every night and had an obsession with squeaky toys. We bought him plenty during his life, but there was one that he was really attached to. It was a little red fox that we had taken to calling Peanut, and he knew it by name. We'd tell him to go get Peanut, and he'd run off, grab it out of the pile of his other toys, and bring it to us. I had to sew that toy up so many times, and every time he would just patiently wait for me to throw Peanut back to him. When he was about four years old, his health started to take a very bad turn. Multiple rounds of whipworm led him to losing weight and to rectal prolapse we found for two years uh, to get him we fought for two years rather to get him better he eventually wound up having major intestinal surgery but in the end it was no use he wound up having three seizures in one day and was just an empty shell of himself by the morning so we did what was best for him and that morning i took him to go to sleep a few weeks afterwards i was sweeping up the remainder of his hair from the living room we had laminate floors at the time and i had to tip the couch over to get at the hair underneath it. Well, I tipped the couch back and sitting there underneath the couch was Peanut. It took me a second. I set the broom down, picked it up, scrutinized it every sewn hole and slobber mark and I burst out crying. We had thrown all his toys out after he'd been euthanized, including Peanut. I still have it safely tucked away in a drawer to to this day. Thanks for taking the time to read this. As strange of a happening as it was, it was very comforting for me to know that my baby boy was okay now. And now to Carol, who's crying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, God dang it, Tony. No, I am, actually. I know. <laughs> you saved that one just so you could do this with me. No, and I didn't. Cry. I didn't even know. I, I just scanned it. I just, I, for all no, I knew, it was just, about planters peanuts or something, <laughs> or, or Mr. <laughs> Peanut attacking somebody in a dream. I don't know. Oh, that one got me. But, and only because something similar happened to me with my dog. It did, didn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I cleaned up everything and oh, take a breath. That one really got me. Just a sec. Okay. I'm going to take a little sip of my cocktails. Okay. So. <laughs> That's the only thing that's going to help. I'll chug it. Stand by, everyone. There, I'm like swirling the ice in the glass. So, um, 
But I get it because Buddy was like that with his toys. And so I'm kind of like, oh, I'm thinking of Buddy's toys. And then when um, she said or he about the finding that toy, like I had gone through my house and picked everything up. Like I kept some blankets down, but he's got a basket with his toys in it. That hasn't been disturbed. And then that one day I just came home and there was a dog bone in the middle of my kitchen. Mm-hmm. I have no idea to this day where it came from. I'm assuming my younger cat found it and drug it out somewhere. I have no idea because I had cleaned my house. And, you know, it's not like I have carpet, so you can't just kick something. It's going to, and even if it went under the sofa, my cats can't get it. They're too big. Sure. And so it's just, yeah. So something similar happened to me and it was just, I had that same reaction. It was just like, I just kind of took it like a, hey, I'm still here mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Whoa. There that was go. a really special story, though. It and was. I get that gut punch. It was. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, eight we five another one like that. 853-4802. It's Dead Pet Day here on. <laughs> Please no. no. I'm kidding. I, I'm going to a call, so I have no idea. Hi. Hey, guys. It's June from Minnesota. I am uh, the developing medium that reached out to Carol a few months ago, and she graciously agreed to letting me give her a free reading so that I could help develop my mediumship skills. Um, So, Carol, thank you again for that. That was really, really fun, and it was so nice meeting you. Um, I wanted to call today because, well, first of all, I wanted to express my gratitude for your podcast you guys are actually um a big part as to why i'm doing what i do now as a medium and um i want to thank you for that i thank you for this outlet that you give people um it it really it means a lot so thank you um also i wanted to call and you know, kind of talk about different stories that I hear on the podcast. A lot of it sounds really dark and, you know, maybe a little scary. Obviously, the unknown can be scary for anyone. Um, But I wanted to call and talk more about um, not so much paranormal, but more about supernatural. In my opinion, there is a difference. Um... So for me, I've had, you know, paranormal and supernatural experiences my entire life, um, which makes sense more to me now at age 41, you know, as a medium before I discovered my medium abilities. But anyway, I just wanted to call and share that um, heaven is real. I've seen glimpses of it. It is beautiful. Um... My son passed away four and a half years ago, and I've been blessed with the gift of being able to see him, know where he is, know that he's safe. Um, It's real. I've seen my spirit guide, who is absolutely beautiful. I've seen her at least one time. I'm so... (laughs) I'm still figuring all that stuff out, but I know I've seen her at least once, and so beautiful we all have spirit guides i've seen my angels we all have guardian angels um 
like I said, I've seen glimpses into heaven, which is more beautiful than um, anything an artist could paint, anything than what Hollywood could capture in a movie. It's uh, beautiful. I mean, I really can't think of another word to describe it other than that. Um, I just, I, I really just wanted to try to focus on like the more positive side of supernatural experiences you know there's so many demonic and dark and icky stories out there that float around and I just kind of wanted to shed some light on the more positive the happier things um there have been a lot of people I've I've listened um I've listened to through your podcast who have had a lot of questions about oh you know darkness or you know this dark blob or sleep paralysis or you know dark like literally dark colored things and from what I've learned when it's dark it is a negative energy or entity when it is light white a light blue like a color of the rainbow um or a light bright color that is positive it it is a positive energy or entity from heaven. So I really just wanted to put that out there. Um, I hope people will remember that. Um, If you're ever in fear during a paranormal experience, you can always call an Archangel Michael. Um, I've had to do that myself and it helps. Call an Archangel Michael for protection. You can call on Jesus for protection. Um, It does help. It does work because Jesus and Archangel Michael are real entities in heaven serving God. Um, Another thing, too, I wanted to talk about quick with the paranormal stuff is, you know, when you have, we hear a lot of stories about people who have these experiences and they feel, they, they, they can feel inside themselves their energy changes. Like they, they feel some kind of, like they feel scared, they feel fear, they feel, you know, something's not right. When that happens, trust it. Trust your gut because something truly is not right. It's negative. When you have those experiences and you're not scared or you feel a sense of peace or a sense of calm, trust that because that is from heaven. It is a positive spirit, positive um, energy that you're experiencing. So really trust how you're feeling Um, I, you know, I really hope people will remember that also because there really is a lot of truth behind all of these experiences. And that's why I'm so grateful for this podcast because, uh, it allows this outlet, it, it builds a community. It lets us talk to each other and share these experiences, ask questions. And obviously we can do it in a way where other people don't judge us. And they don't think we're crazy. And um, so I'm I'm really grateful for that. But I just really wanted to stress that not all paranormal or supernatural experiences are negative or dark. Just 98% of them. Kidding. Um, Thank you for uh, for that insight and one of those thoughts on on all that. You did not win the lottery yet, like she did predict. (laughs) She didn't predict me winning the lottery. I wish she would have said that. She's a very nice person, and it was fun to have a reading. Mm-hmm. And um, But one thing that was interesting when she did my reading, 
because I shared the, because we were just talking about my dog, but I shared this story about when that hummingbird flew up to me. Yeah. After my dog died, and I know that was a sign. I haven't seen a hummingbird since. It was the first time I'd seen a hummingbird in my backyard. But the only other time I had seen hummingbirds was when she was doing the reading. Oh, yeah. And I was facing where I sit in the kitchen because I have a thing like when we're sitting here talking about ghosts, I have to be kind of in the middle of my house so I can see every direction. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Tony well knows that once it gets dark outside, I have to get up and shut every blind like I don't want anything that can peek in. But when she did the reading, it was still light outside. And so I faced in the kitchen and there's a window. I had a lilac bush and that night there was continuous hummingbirds out there the whole time she gave me the reading. I never saw one after that. Yeah. Um, even at the lilac bush, even when I looked out my window, like I never saw one again until um, that morning Buddy died. And so I, I thought that was interesting. Like the the reading was interesting, but the that was a really profound thing. And I kept mm-hmm. thinking, why do why are all these hummingbirds out there? I've never seen them before, and they're the entire hour we were talking. I was hummingbirds are the birds of death. That's they're not. And so I, so when we shared the story about the hummingbird that flew up and looked at me that morning, uh-huh. um, I had a lot of people reach out to me about the meaning of seeing hummingbirds, and um, and it was it was very sweet. And I thank all those people who reached out to me about that because it was very sweet and the. The meaning, you know, hope and basically hope. Yeah. And, and look what it's like to be and, on cocaine. Right? <laughs> I know, I can't stop. So anyway, no, and I think a lot of what she's saying is true. I think one thing um, that's interesting, too, about this podcast is that we do get stories like the woman who found the dog toy. Mm-hmm. Like, we get a lot of stories that aren't all dark like the first one. We get a lot of people who will call in and they had a um, a hummingbird flew up and looked at them when they asked for a sign. You know, it's like things like that that happen that I think are very impactful, beautiful stories. And so I always find a lot of comfort and peace in those stories, too. So I think anybody who's been wanting to write in. It doesn't have to be scary, haunted, ghostly story. It can be like something that happened from beyond, you know, somebody died and you got mm-hmm. a communication with them. There's all kinds of stories like what she was just talking about. It does help if someone's, uh, you know, there's bite marks or scratches or there's weird writing. Well, the wall then there's Tony point. who's going to want photographic <laughs> proof, but I don't. No, I don't. That. I don't need proof. I just need to hear that something dark happened. I'm kidding. No, anything. <laughs> You know, because so if nothing dark if happened, then you yeah. just go Carol thoughts. Even if you're like, that even if you're like, uh, like you're gonna and, be crying anyway. And there's then, uh, then I got then Scruffy came back, and I I got the leash. It was just right there. If you can then like add in like, and then at night I had claw marks all over my back, and there seemed to be a threatening voice, uh, barking or a threatening uh, bark at me, and you could only and you, it was Scruffy, and then you looked up and it was him, but it had the red eyes staring at you turning its head with fog coming out of the closet and then you suddenly woke up you don't know if it was real and then say yeah p.s i just added that part for tony (laughs) carol it was a really beautiful story (laughs) 
except for when it turned into a hellhound. Uh, oh, like that. Yeah, but no, no, we love hearing any story you got. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. And if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of it commercial free and the whole archive for you as well. It's the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Check it out at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening.